Welcome to the Time to Thrive podcast, a podcast designed to help you level up every aspect in your life. I am one of your hosts, Jordan. And I'm Jared. We're a multi-passionate couple so excited about helping others thrive in their health, wealth, relationships, and careers. Together, we are here to share with you knowledge, experiences, tips, and tricks to help you step into your fullest potential while also keeping it real. If you're ready to create the life of your dreams and have fun doing it, then you've come to the right place. So hit that subscribe button and press play because baby, it's It's time time to to thrive. thrive. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Time to Thrive, everyone. It is Jordan here, obviously. Um, And this is my first solo episode on the podcast, which is really exciting. Obviously, I love chatting to you all with Jared, but this is a special topic that is near and dear to me. Who knows? We might do one in the future that kind of is maybe that would be a cool episode of like how my hormone journey has kind of impacted Jared and what he has kind of learned um, on that front. I think that would be really cool because obviously I've included him in all of these, uh, these different conversations, but I really wanted to dive into my hormone journey because that I think really paved the way for what I'm doing today, where I am today, how I live today. And it really does encompass a lot of how I work out, how I eat, how I manage my stress levels, all these sorts of things. And I wasn't always that way. Um, I did go through a pretty traumatic period of my life in my early 20s. Um, And I just want to share that with you guys, because if any of you are struggling with your hormones or you don't really know what to do, maybe this can shed some light on that. So I'm, I have some notes, but I don't have a ton of guidance here. I'm just going to kind of let myself talk and and share with you guys. Um, There will probably be a part two because this is a little bit of a journey, Um, but it's also all very super important. So um, for those of you that don't know, I practice uh, as a full-time dentist here in Vancouver. So I absolutely love science. I love the science side of things. I'd love to know ingredients and standards, all this kind of stuff. Um, In my early 20s, so I had just, I grew up playing hockey and I was a division one college athlete all throughout my my university i played for the national team i went into dental school right after my undergrad didn't take any gap years i also jumped right into the bodybuilding world was a a nationally qualified bikini athlete Um, and i was just go 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 and essentially I was running on full steam ahead and I knew something was wrong and i i noticed and i started to notice a few different little signs and symptoms and I would say that some of the biggest ones were loss of libido um I was in a long-term relationship at the time had absolutely zero interest in that even though my partner was good looking guy whatever um but had absolutely no interest um I lost my period for two years I had such thin hair I was always cold I was constantly fluctuating with my weight overly obsessive about food, which led to my um, eating disorder with bulimia, which I'm sure I'll do an episode or two on as well, um, because that was obviously another huge chapter of my life. And essentially, my hormones were nil. So I knew something was going on, and I honestly had such peace going into my hormone testing because I was hoping that something would be wrong. I was more scared that something wouldn't be wrong on the panel so I did a, um, a salivary ASI test. I think blood tests are fine, 
But if you are looking for testing, I would encourage you to do a Dutch test, which is a urine test or a salivary ASI test, because those track your hormones throughout an entire day. Okay. Our hormones are meant to fluctuate, especially as women. Men's hormones cycle on a 24 hour cycle. Women's are on like a 28 to 35 day cycle, depending on how long your period and like your actual um, menstrual, menstrual cycle is. Okay. So for myself, if I would have just done one blood test, you would have just known what my hormones levels were at, at that exact moment that the blood was drawn. Okay. Whereas a Dutch test or a salivary ASI test is giving you a lot bigger of a spectrum. You can see your cortisol throughout the day, all those different levels and whatnot. Okay. So just a little tidbit for you there, if you are embarking on a bit of a hormone journey. So I got that test done. Um, and luckily something came back. Okay. It basically told me that I have was basically not producing estrogen. My body was running on fumes. I essentially had already spiked my cortisol and it had crashed like hard bottom crash they thought something was wrong okay um so that was a big alarm bell for me and that was basically what i call my big slap across the face from my doctor and like saying you might not be able to have kids if you continue this way okay you might not be able to have like your dream of a family if you don't change something up so from that moment I just started to become curious and I just started to become conscious. And that's something that I would encourage all of you to do is just to become curious about your own body, okay? When you have an irregular period or when you miss a period or when you don't have that exciting libido or when you um, are getting any of these weird symptoms, start to ask those questions and start to go internal about them. You don't need to become psychotic about them, but you need to become a little bit curious about your body and about what is normal and what feels abnormal to you, right? So that was one of the reasons why I I came into this whole journey was something just felt off and I knew it and I felt so like, I don't want to say free, but validated that when I got those test results back, that something was so off (laughs) that I needed to make some major major changes. So I didn't really know a whole ton about hormones other than like what they teach you in like science class and even a little bit in dental school just about like the female reproduction cycle. But I'd never really understand understood things like cycle syncing, um, you know, the, the effects that stress have on our hormones, how, you know, different foods that we eat in different phases of our cycle, how we should move our body in different phases of our cycle, like all of these certain things that were just so foreign to me at the time, I had absolutely never cared about what I put on my body. I used, you know, whatever shampoo there was, scented body lotion. I had candles going in my house all the time, air fresheners, you name it. I was all up in it, okay? Whatever makeup was out there that I could get from Sephora or whatnot, I had I had never read an ingredient label to that extent in my life. I just thought if this is on the shelf, it should be safe, right? So little did I know that that was in fact not the case. Um, so I embarked on a bit of a like, what I call my switch and ditch journey. And I just started to swap out things. So my first kind of big um, endeavor was into like essential oils. And I started to incorporate those around the house and I got rid of my candles because I learned that, you know, synthetic fragrance is one of the biggest endocrine disruptors when we think of perfume. Okay. So I haven't worn perfume since my early twenties 
Because what do so many women struggle with? Their thyroid issue, right? They have hyper or hypothyroid issues. They struggle with weight gain and metabolic issues and all these sorts of things. Well, where is our thyroid gland placed? Literally on our neck, okay? Where like the male's Adam apple is, our thyroid gland is right there. What do we spray on our neck all of the time, every day, as a typical woman? Perfume. What is perfume? Synthetic fragrance. What is synthetic fragrance? An endocrine disruptor. Disrupts our hormones. All these sorts of things, right? I learned that our skin is our largest organ and it only takes 26 seconds for an ingredient in our personal care products to enter into our bloodstream. I was now, I had just spent a ton of money on hormone testing, was spending a ton more money on all these supplements to put in my body to help balance my hormones, switching up a bunch of things in my normal life, but then I wasn't caring about what I was putting on my largest organ that was seeping into my bloodstream. Like it just seemed so backwards that I started just to switch things out right? And I didn't overhaul my bathroom or my kitchen or my laundry room or whatever, but I just kind of chose things. So like one month I would do my laundry, okay? I would go buy a nice non-toxic laundry soap. I got some laundry balls, which we still use to this day. And I swapped out those dryer sheets and toxic laundry soap. Okay, perfect. Awesome. That was my one swap for the month. Okay. The next thing I would do is I would do some of my makeup. Okay. Maybe I was running low on my mascara. I'd go buy some non-toxic mascara, XYZ. It was overwhelming at the start, reading all those labels and whatnot, but it made a big difference, right? And I always like to operate from the stance of a little bit goes a long way and all of those little swaps do really push that needle towards a more non-toxic life. None of us are perfect, okay? I love a good glass of wine. I'm not gonna go crazy about it, okay? We can't control a lot of the things that are used in hotels and all this kind of stuff. But if we can control what we can in our homes, that goes a long way, right? So anyways, started on that kind of journey, started to really switch and ditch um, out my products, became a conscious consumer, and really started to think about how I was moving my body. Cycle syncing changed things big time for me. I started to really understand the mental aspect behind why I was training the certain way I did, why I was eating the certain way I did. And you guys, for me, it came down to extremes and it came down to perfectionism. A lot of times when we have these hormonal issues, it's rooted in something a lot deeper. And for me, it was trying to be that control freak about everything, okay? This also led me upon reflection and upon a lot of growth to bulimia, okay? And when I suffered with my bulimia, and obviously your hormone health and an eating disorder are gonna have a lot of parallel ties to them, okay? But for me, it was that fact of, and, and I, this is how I like to phrase it to other people, like you can't get healthy in an environment that made you sick, right? So what I did was I left my gym membership. I said, that to me was my extreme, that was my, Um, coping mechanism for if I had some chocolate, no problem. I could go back to the gym. I could go on the the, um, treadmill for 60 minutes. I'd burn it off. But to me, that wasn't healthy. That wasn't listening to my body. That wasn't becoming intuitive. That wasn't learning to cycle sync. That wasn't giving my intuition the control back. That was trying to use my past like place that made me ill in the first place as my recovery which just doesn't even work, right? It's That's like telling somebody who is addicted to alcohol to go get healthy and sober 
in a house full of drinkers. That to me, I couldn't do it. So I had to step away. I had to get rid of the gym and I had tried and Jared would laugh at me if he if he was here with us. But like I have paid for gym memberships up until this point, but I just like I can't go back. It was just an environment that made me so sick. And I hope one day I can go back to having a gym membership and use it in a healthy way and enjoy it. But it it hurt my mentality so much. So if you are somebody like that and you have somewhat something in your life that you feel is always kind of pulling you back and pulling you down and is that toxic kind of environment for you, this is my permission to you, like your little permission slip here, to just let it go. Just, you don't have to be tied to it. For me, I tied my worth to having that membership for so long that now I've learned how to work out at home. I work out 100% of the time at home. I run outside. We have our Peloton bike. I'll do Pilates or workouts in um, kind of like our living room area. And it's something that now I feel like I finally have that control, right? I have that control in a more feminine, intuitive way instead of being prescribed a plan, right? Following the plan, very masculine there, right? So that was a huge component of healing my hormones that came from more of a cycle syncing approach. I will do a whole episode on cycle syncing because it deserves one. This is more focused around that hormonal side of things. I had a lot. So that is kind of the workout side of things. Okay. Food. Food was a big one. Kind of similar to working out. But for food, it was me getting rid of the scale, getting rid of the macro counting, getting rid of the cheat meals, getting rid of all of that. And again, really becoming intuitive with what I wanted. Again, I have spent so much money on coaches, on whatnot, because I get into those low points, not so much anymore, but I used to, I would get into those like kind of lulls or whatever. And I'd feel bad about myself and I'd go critique myself and I would hire a coach, right? I'd hire a coach. I'd feel really good about that decision for like four days. And then I would feel those extremes setting in again. And I would feel those triggers setting in again. And that would lead me to a negative place. Then all that money would go to waste because I wouldn't continue on with that coach and so on and so forth, right? So really becoming, and and this just comes down to stress, right? So cortisol, cortisol is our stress hormone. Cortisol is a massive, massive, massive player in the female hormones, okay? We need some cortisol, like we need to have that like fight or flight mentality for those situations. But if our body and our, like our mind, our subconscious is always in that fight or flight state, we can never be in that parasympathetic or that relaxed state, which when we talk about masculine versus feminine energies, if we are in our fight or flight all the time, we are the driver, we are the leader, we are the this, we are the doer. We can never just be, right? And I think this is a work in progress, especially if you are a high achieving um, female, if you're somebody with goals or a business or you have multiple businesses or whatnot, like this is a very, very difficult, I would say it's a fluid thing that we are always working on is balancing how much we are doing versus how much we are being. And there are periods of time when I will be like in my own head, I'm like, oh my gosh, I am a terrible beer right now. I just can't be. My mind is racing. I'm constantly doing stuff. And this is where for me, it was huge to start to manage that stress, to create a proper morning routine and a proper evening routine, to incorporate things like yoga, 
walks, okay? Daily walks have been huge for me. Personal development, journaling, brain dumps. I love brain dumps. When I have a million things on my mind, I'll either pull up my phone and open a note or I'll get a journal and I'll just write it all down because that hamster wheel of ideas, that is all just keeping my body in a fight or flight mode. If you are someone like that, if you get those ideas, whether in your car, I keep a notebook in my car as well. Um, if you are somebody that gets them at nighttime, keep a notebook by your bed. If you're somebody that gets them, I don't know, while you're walking, jot a note down on your phone so that you're not constantly on that hamster wheel of stress that wears down your body. If we have too much cortisol, which is our stress hormone, our body cannot produce enough sex hormones. And that's what leads to those irregular periods, those, you know, painful periods, delayed periods, whatever, the infertility, those fertility issues. When we have a more balanced cortisol to stress hormone or to sex hormones, then that's when we can function. Okay. So we need to be able to monitor those. And as women are just, you know, there's that kind of paradigm shift happening of women becoming, um, you know, self-sufficient financially and whatnot. There is more of that stress, right? There are more responsibilities, which I think is also such a beautiful thing, but it's about becoming aware of it and implementing, again, those healthy habits so that we can really maintain it. So that was a huge thing for me, um, was really starting to know my body in my especially second half of my my period really kind of calming down my exercise instead of doing hit all the time instead of always going for runs instead of doing the high intensity you know spin classes or whatnot as much as I love a good sweat sometimes it's more not really thinking about what my body needs but more so what my mind needs do I need a good Pilates class or a, a yoga flow or just to go for a walk or just to stretch. Like what, how much stress have I had in my life today, right? Do I need to now go and stress my body out more? Because our body doesn't really know, like think of a bank account, like our body doesn't know where that stress is coming from, right? It just knows that there's stress. And our, our psychological stress, so from work or your um, the household or whatnot, can manifest in our body as that physical stress. It can almost make it feel like it's done a HIIT workout or whatever. So if it already feels like that, and then we're also adding on this like high intensity workout that our body then has to recover from, when it's in a period of your cycle where you're trying to per, like create a womb and you're trying to house a baby, your body's gonna be like, whoa, this is way too much. I'm shutting down. And what's the one system in our body that we do not need for survival? Our reproductive system, okay? Our menstrual cycle. We don't need that for survival. So if our body is stressed to the max, what's the first thing that's gonna go? Your period. It's like, okay, you're not, you're not, we're, not, we're not reproducing right now, we're trying to survive. We are running from that bear and we are running fast and we have been running for a while. So if you are somebody that is trying to get your hormones on point and actually help them, not to say that you can't chase after your goals, not to say that you can't push your life forward, that you can't achieve that success and you can't have that business and whatnot, but as much as you are working for your business, you need to be cognizant of what you are also doing for your body and for your mind. Things like yoga, tapping, meditation, journaling, affirmations, getting out for walks, all these certain things, connection, 
getting around people, talking with people, going out for, you know, lunch dates with friends, having that fun too. That is our feminine. That is our creative. Whether you're, you like painting or singing or dance or whatnot, like getting into those activities too, that allow you to feel creative, hanging out with kids or dogs or whatever. Like that is where our nurturing side is going to come out. And we need that, especially if you are more of an alpha female type either in your workplace or in your in your business or whatnot there. So those kind of, you know, exercise, food, and stress were three huge components within my hormone journey. Now, thankfully, um, I've been able to pretty much switch and ditch my entire household. That is actually kind of what led to the business that Jared and I are in today um, that I am so, so, so grateful for. I became aware of you know, labels and standards and qualities of different products and even the different countries like Canada. Well, yes, like we have more regulatory boards than the U.S. Like they are nowhere near what the regulations are in Europe. Right. So when in doubt, if you can find a European tested product that goes by European standards, take it. It's just like the food, right? When you have friends that go to Italy or whatnot, like everybody talks about Europe's food as it being amazing. There's people that are like gluten intolerant that can actually eat the pasta and the bread and the pizza and whatnot in Italy and they don't get sick because the quality and standards are so high, right? Switzerland, I think, just banned like all processed foods or something crazy like that, right? If we can find a European tested product and not rely, the FDA in the States only bans 11 ingredients, you guys. There hasn't been a new personal care product regulation processed and like put into action since the 1960s. The 1960s. Do you know how much education and awareness we have around personal care products since the 1960s? It's absolutely disgusting. So just because something's on the shelf, we can't trust it, right? You got to be your own advocate. You got to do a little bit of that research. You got to know that your skin is your largest organ. And if you are somebody that is in a reproduction age or you're having hormonal issues or you're just kind of wanting to optimize your body it's a very simple place to start is getting rid of those toxic products helping out your body in terms of your workouts and your nutrition and managing your stress okay those things are going to do so much for you a nightly routine i love to stretch i put my phone away i stretch for like 10 minutes it's not that long but it makes a huge difference because quite frankly, for me at this phase of our life, having an hour before bed without screens, well, that sounds glorious, okay? But it's also quite unrealistic because Jared and I love to watch a little documentary before bed or whatnot. And that is one of our ways that we like to kind of wind down at night. So if I can do that, then stretch for 10 minutes, have my nightly adaptogenic de-stress powder, and then pop into bed, that's a great evening routine for me, okay? That kind of hits all my buckets that I need that help me have a really good, awesome sleep, okay? Sleep, also important. Make sure you're actually getting good sleep, quality of sleep. If you have ambient light coming into your room, wear a sleep mask. They're like $7 on Amazon. Go buy one. We did that actually. We used to just wear them for red eyes because we we travel a lot for our field of work um and we do a lot of red eyes because a lot of times we have to to fly to the east coast or we're going to like tropical destinations or whatnot um and jared actually got a concussion when we were in vegas uh last time two times ago long story there but uh he came back and had to wear an eye mask because he had to sleep throughout the day and we don't have blackout curtains and since then 
our sleeps have been so much better. We wear a sleep mask every night. We call them our Batman masks. It's hilarious. We like say goodnight, bring down our masks, have a great sleep, wake up. They're all over the bed. <laughs> um, but it does really change the game for you. Having that blackout, um, you get into, into your deep sleep a lot quicker. So I'm going to expand on a lot of those topics in some more episodes. I'll go deeper into cycle syncing, what that even means, how you can do it, how you can become aware of it. Um, I want to talk about a little bit more about my eating disorder and how I kind of recognize that, what kind of, you know, how I got out of that, what my, my reflections upon that are, um, because it was something that I dealt with for about two and a half years and really in secrecy, like, I think maybe two or three people knew about that. Um, and I was I was a regular purger, like multiple times a day, but hit it from pretty much everyone because I felt like I had to be in control and perfect all the time. And I know that a lot of people out there and a lot of people that are in our networks um, that are probably listening to this podcast have similar feelings of that, that they have to show up in such a perfect way that they have to, you know, conduct themselves in that perfect way. And I just want to validate that you don't, um, that we all have struggles that we're going through. And whether your fertility or your hormones is really dragging you down, whether it's an eating disorder or disordered eating or whatever it is, is dragging you down, that other people are doing that too and that you don't need to be perfect, okay? That people are still going to love you, that you're still going to be, you know, of value to people, even if you're not 100% perfect, um, because that is just real life, okay? So I'm going to wrap this up here. I hope that you guys got some good points from that. I hope that it opened your eyes a little bit to to what you're doing, um, but I will dive more into detail on the next episode. I just wanted to give you all a little overview of kind of what I went through, some of the big areas that I really dove into and started to, to, to think more about. If you do have any specific questions about anything that I talked about today or you need resources or whatnot, again, go down to the show notes, grab my Instagram handles, shoot me a message, and I would absolutely love to connect. So love you all, and we will see you on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. It is our mission to help as many people truly thrive in all aspects of their life. It honestly means the world to us that you are here. If you got any value, support, or takeaways from today's episode, the best thing that you can do is screenshot this episode and share it to your social media. Or you can leave us a review below. We read every single one. If you are looking for additional support or resources, check the episode details below or send us a message on Instagram. We would love to connect.